Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 171 of the Audible Farm Podcast. First episode for 2022. And this episode's brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee's roasted right here in Iowa. It's my favorite coffee. I had some this morning. If you guys want to try Couchtown Coffee, I highly recommend it. Go to CouchtownCoffee.com. Find a coffee you like. Have them roast it however you want. And they'll ship it to your house. It's that easy. Some of the freshest coffee you'll ever have shipped directly to your house. And you can tell them how you want it roasted. That's awesome. You know what's even more awesome? They'll give you 20% off. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. Thanks, Couchtown. This episode, I'm sitting down with Ronley King. I've seen Ronley at a couple jam nights recently, and we got to talk, and he says, hey, I got some stuff to promote. And I said, let's do it. So we're talking about Corey Waller and the Wicked Things. We're also talking the Ronley King Blues Band. Saw both of those guys recently. Well, I saw uh, Corey Waller and the Wicked Things kind of from the side. I don't know, I was down the street at Ragbri playing a different show, and they were not too far away. So I got to kind of see them a little bit. I heard plenty of them. They're amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then I got to go see the Ronley King Blues Band this year with a stellar lineup. We talk about both those things in the upcoming podcast, as well as some goofy jam night shenanigans, as they always, you know, it always seems to happen. So uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a really fun one. It's great to get to sit down and talk with Ronley. It's episode 171 of the Audible Farm Podcast with Ronley King. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. So today I'm sitting down with Ronley King, the one, the only Ronley King. It's fun to uh, have seen you out and about <laughs> lately. You know, it's uh, I've seen you at some jam nights and stuff like that, crossing paths a little bit here and there. And it's, it's, uh, it's something I feel like I saw you back in the day when I first kind of started playing guitar. Before I was playing with anybody locally, I'd seen you around at some jam nights and things and seen you play live mm-hmm. a few times. And now it's, you know, it felt like now that I'm playing music with a couple different bands and stuff, I don't get to see as many shows. So I don't get to see out and about as much, but I did see you a couple weeks back. Sword, yeah. I never thought about it, you know, and everybody I talked to always talked about that. And it's like, ah, come on, you got to have free time. And it's like, no, you really kind of don't have too much free time. Nope. So speaking nope. of not much free time, you uh, recently joined Corey Waller and the Wicked Things. That's a band that started last year. And you guys have been playing some pretty high profile shows, it seems. Yeah, you know, so that was uh, that was an interesting turn of events. Um you know, Corey and I had been playing together. Corey Waller, who's I, I, he's been on the podcast before, I believe, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him and I played together for the better part of like 10, 12 years or so here off and on. And uh, like with our other main band, J. Clyde. And so, you know, it was just one of those things where like as time progresses and people are all kind of going off in their different directions of life. Like, you know, we just kind of recognize that. Like it was, it was time to do something just a little bit different. And, you know, that's, that's where this band just kind of was born, you know, um, kind of out of the, the, not the ashes of J Clyde, but, uh, in, in the aftermath of J Clyde, um, you know, we set out and we found a couple other, couple other players to, to work with. And, and I tell you what, for the first year out, I was beyond pleased for what we were able to do and accomplish. I figured, I remember talking with Corey about it one night and I was just like, yeah, you know, we're going to start this new band. It's something different. People have no idea what it's about. And uh, we'll be lucky if we get to do, you know, a few shows here and there. But, uh, and then we put it out there and the booking started coming in. So we were, we were pretty lucky. Yeah. I think some people, when they figured out that it was like, oh, this is, you know, an ex- almost an extension of some sort of like Jay Clyde, you know, it's like, oh, this is parts of Jay Clyde band. And those guys, you know, I mean, you guys played a lot of shows, like same deal, you know, a lot of high profile shows, you play those street dances. That's like, are there thousands of people here? Cause I think there's thousands of people here, you know, like you'd play those big street dances and stuff so. sometimes. And then, and then some days there's only like 30 people, you know, and, <laughs> and they're all standing around the bar, like, and they could give a crap less about what you're doing, but 
yeah. you know, you take you take the good with the bad. So. Yeah, totally been there, done that. That was like my first experience this year, like playing with Jesse Wilson. Like we played so many shows, and of course they can't all be bangers. But sometimes it's just like this place is packed, and other times it's like there's six people here. Like, yeah. Okay. And what I, I don't know, like, so we had a couple of interesting shows this year where, um, and in general, this has been this kind of the story of my year. We've had several shows where there have been a ton of people, and yeah, we had fun. It's hard not to when there's a lot of people there. But, like, we've also had some shows where the crowd was not that big, but my favorite thing in the world is, and, and it comes back to, I always say, I would rather play for, like, 20 people who are listening to you and, you know, are really picking up on what you're doing, like catching the nuance. Um, and then they come up to you after the show and they're like, Hey, you guys, you know, we could tell you put some time and effort into this. Like, you know, you guys sound professional, blah, 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 blah. But I would rather play for 20 people who are like that than a, like, you know, thousand people and like nobody's listening. You yeah, that's I mean? true. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's so crazy. Like I can get such a high and such a such a drive off of just a very select few people who if they're if they're engaged and, and listening um, versus a ton of people any day. So, you know, it's like I say, you take the good with the bad and you just hope you have fun along the way. Yeah, I mean, that's totally true. I, I get that. Like, it's it's really crazy to go to shows and have people be like that involved with it, like singing along and stuff like that. Or they're almost singing along so powerfully out in the crowd, like they're the lead singer, you know? It's like, geez, these people mm -hmm. are just eating it up or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. It's really fun to see other people in the music scene doing that. And, you know, uh, you play guitar with Owen and your blues band that you just kind of started back up. And uh, I play with him as well. And we've gone to a lot of shows together and played on shows where there's like two people on the bill and stuff. And it's really fun to see Owen. Like, he's one of the people that is like, if he likes what's going on, he's up in the front row, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's really getting into it. Oh, yeah. But he's yeah. also younger. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you and I are about the same age, but it's still like, yep. you know, he's a younger guy. And I remember being that young and uh, having that much fun. So it's kind of. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, I, I got to, like, I got to be careful <laughs> when I'm around Owen. Like, you know, and he's getting into this music world and everything. I'm just like, okay, I've went through the whole stage of like, you know, the party, the debauchery, the everything. And, and here I am now, like, I feel like, I feel like I'm a dad almost in the band, yeah. <laughs> band a lot of times. <laughs> I'm not that old, but like, you know, you start playing with someone like, oh, and I'm like, okay, I need to like, I need to make sure I, you know, set a good example and do all this stuff. And at the end of the day, he's like, dude, I'm just here to have a good time. Let's play. You mm -hmm. know? <laughs> yeah. And he honestly is like, you've been to the jam nights that Owen's been at when like, as soon as a song ends, he's like playing another song. Like already he's, he's, oh, yeah. he's always ready to keep playing. He's hungry, man. And yep. that's what I, that's what I, uh, like I look at him. Well, and we'd talk more about the blues band later, but, uh, um, you know, like as far as Owen goes, I played with his grandfather, Tracy Ernst. Oh, in yeah. like The first, when we only did, we only did one show, but it was my first band ever that I ever played in was like Tracy, Mike Ewing, and a couple other guys um, from around the Fort Dodge area. And, and we kind of had, had a little thing going. And Tracy was like super important to me. Like, you know, the dude let me borrow a guitar when my really crappy Strat broke and I didn't have money to buy another one and like so this dude was just like you know so supportive of music and 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 me and too and so it's like now it's awesome that i'm getting to play with owen and it's like kind of hoping to kind of pass that forward you know a little bit but uh yeah um yeah no and, and he's just and he's just hungry you can tell he just wants to get at it and get after it and and i love that yeah i love that Oh yeah, I mean that's that's one of the testaments to like how good he is, and you can just imagine how good he's gonna be. Cause, like, I mean, mm -hmm. I think I think everyone had that kind of a like a dream and a drive when they were younger, but not everybody applied it as well as he did. You know, mm -hmm. so it's like one of those things. I think like, man, I wanted it just as bad as Owen did, but I also like wanted to like hang out with my friends and, and cruise around and just have a good time when I was younger. And Owen just like plays bass all the time. And if I play guitar as good as he plays bass at his age, like. I mean, who knows where, yeah. where I've been right now, you know, like, yeah, exactly. and that's what I, that's what I hope. I hope for him that, you know, he, he keeps after it and, and, uh, you know, gets with the, gets in with the right people here and there along the way and, 
you never know. We'll probably see him on a big stage someplace. Yeah, someday. yeah, probably, probably. So, uh, I mean, we're definitely going to come back to, like, uh, Owen and the Blues Band and things like that. But I do want to, like, go back to like, Corey Waller and the Wicked Things. Do you remember yeah. what your first show with them was? Um, hmm. I mean, it was this, well, not this year. It was 2021 when it happened. It was 2021, yeah. Um, I want to say the first one out of the gate was, uh, oh gosh, well, I'm going to rack my brain. I'll tell you the first one that I remember. All right. Um, we did, uh, we did, uh, they, they were doing a fundraiser out at the, out at the fort, mm-hmm. um, for, there was an individual there they were raising some money for, and we were, we were part of that. And, uh, uh, then that, that same day we did a double header and went out to, uh, you ever heard of bucks Mm-mm. uh <laughs> so there's a there's a guy outside of uh, manson iowa that um they call it buckville uh basically the dude set up his uh his backyard as a as a pseudo campground for people to come bring campers and stay so like we did that show and then we did then we went out to bucks and played a show that night for for quite a few people so we kind of that was one of the first first few gigs that we done a double a double header so that's and wild. it was kind of what was funny and why I remember that day so well is because we played the first show of the day and we sounded like crap. Like it was it was horrendous, like oh, no. in my mind anyway. Um, but then the funny part was we did we did the first show and then we went and played that night. And it was like in the matter of like three hours in between these shows, like something just clicked. And then that night you were like we were set ready go and we we've been like we've been on fire ever since you know like we we really haven't had too many what i would call bad shows ever Mm -hmm. since that ever since that one so yeah it's just it was just so crazy to me that we like we played horribly in the afternoon and then and then at night we were awesome like in my and that's just in my uh summarization of it anyway but um i always think that like some of those like afternoon shows and things like that, like it just throws you off a little bit because you're so used to playing at nighttime, I think is like what some of it is. Like nighttime's the right time. You know, you're feeling the mojo, everyone around you's feeling good, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. It's not that they're not feeling good in the afternoon, but those afternoon shows, it's kind of weird. It's like, man, the sun's directly above us. Like, this is yeah, weird. Yeah, they're like, we've got, eight, we've got like eight more hours before we need to go to bed. Like, let's not turn it on now at two o'clock. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I actually like ended up playing a couple of, of doubleheaders this last year, which was kind of fun. You know, it was my first time doing it. I did like one of them was two gigs and the other one was uh, uh, I recorded an album in like the like noon until about as late as, you know, mid afternoon. And then I packed everything up and drove home, swapped gear, and then played a country show that night. So yep. it, it's kind of crazy that, like, you know, I recorded an album with a punk band earlier in the day and then, like, went and was, like, playing country at nighttime. It's kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. It's exhausting, dude, because we used to do that. We used to do that, like, at least three or four times a summer in Jay Clyde, and every time we'd look at each other at the end of the day and it's like, why do we do this crap? Like, it's... <laughs> You know, especially you haul in like a whole set of sound gear, set it up once, tear it down, throw it back in the trailer, move to the next place, take it out, set it up. And it's like you're just exhausted by the end. Yep. Hey, pause, pause just a second. Yep. I'm going to get rid of this cat. You got it. <laughs> Sorry about that. Like, That's hilarious. I just knew she was going to continue to be a problem. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Didn't That's think about hilarious. That. So. All right. Back in. <laughs> Clapping back in. Oh, gosh. So. Uh, yeah, the dual the dual show thing in, in one day is just yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to it if the money's there anymore, but like, oh man, like it's getting tougher and tougher to do for me anyway. I always feel that <laughs> way. Like, you know, if I have like a really busy day when I'm driving to the show, I'm just like, what am I doing? And I'm just setting up the gear. Like, this is this is dumb. I did like you know, I worked all day and then I did a podcast. Now I'm playing a show at night and it's just so busy. And then, but like when you're playing the show, you're like. Oh yeah, this is why I'm doing that. It's kind of weird because you just get in the zone and you're like, "This, this is what I'm For doing," sure. you know. So, it's it's weird because like that's probably the thing that's like the biggest dichotomy in my mind with like staying so busy, but mm-hmm. also like I kind of it's what I want to do. So it's it's a double edged sword once again, you know. You it's, want this? You want this dream of like being able to play in a band, and it's like I'm here, I'm doing it, like. 
be grateful. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of crazy though, because I mean, like, you recently started your own business and stuff, so you you get to see what it's like to be self-employed now, and so that's like, oh, dude, that's everyone always thinks like, oh, it must be easy. You just hire people and make them do the work, and it's like, nah, it's not not that easy. Like, I I only understand this from an accounting standpoint because I you know spent a few years in the accounting world. And so that's something where I see like, oh, this isn't as easy as people make it out to be. So like I wouldn't trade having, you know, we don't need to talk about painting or anything like that, but (laughs) like, uh, I wouldn't trade owning my own business for the world. Cause I mean, one, you know, you are your own boss and you don't answer to anyone, but like if anybody ever thinks that you're less busy and you're working less because you own your own business, like you've already lost yeah, um, not yeah, a chance. Because that's not that's not true at all. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. So you get to, you get to experience that on top of like still playing a bunch of shows, which is yep. which is kind of wild, you know. And we were talking about going to see Matt Woods play not too long ago, and you're like, "Hey, I think I'm going to get off early today." And mm-hmm. and it was one of those deals where it ended up not working out for you, unfortunately, and you couldn't make it to the show. And I was thinking then I was like. Man, he's busy. He's a busy guy. Like, can't even make it out to a show on a day that he, you know, probably has the time to go. But it's, you just got I was l- so mad, dude. I missed, I was so mad that I missed that because, I mean, I've, I've, I've conversed with Matt online a couple of times, but I've never got to meet him in person, never got to actually see him play live. And like, I was texting back and forth with my wife during the day and I was like, hey, we could make this work, couldn't we? We could, we could, we could make it up there. And it's like, when it comes time to leave, it's like, nope babysitter doesn't work out it's like ah you know <laughs> and then i was mad because I, I i did leave work early i was like well if that was the case i should have kept working for a couple more hours. you know it's like yeah it's just uh yeah but yeah, yeah. it's one of those deals it's it, you know the whole being busy thing it's like you know I, and i've got this question you know we also last year i had two twin boys mm-hmm. like congrats and thank you and like, so that has been obviously a life changing experience. And it's like, you know, I talk to people all the time. They're like, I'm surprised you still get to do these shows, get to do all this stuff. Well, number one, like my wife is a saint. She's very supportive of the music end of things. And, um, you know, without her, that would not be possible. But two, just all of that mess of stuff, business, kids, what that forces me to do is to be organized and and take advantage of the time that I do have like you know it's like well okay we get the kids to bed you know spend a little time with Claire and and it's like hey you know I've got two hours before I need to be before I need to go to bed or whatever like I better play some guitar because you because tomorrow night I may not get that time Mm -hmm. you know or yeah or uh you know it just it makes me more it's made me more organized to prepare like okay i've got a gig this weekend well i can't just i can't just you know drop a a drop of a hat take off and do a gig i gotta make sure that things are lined up i gotta make sure my work's done like so it forces me to just be more organized is all it's done yeah you know and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing i mean ever i was always a fairly organized person and i say that like generally um but not necessarily like i'm not one of those like hyper organized people i guess but you know, yeah. I, I always kind of like envied the people that could just cut loose and stuff like that. You know, it's like, I don't have any plans. I never make plans. I just do whatever happens, you know, and it's like, that seems like it's so much fun, you know, like just blowing in the wind. But I always mm-hmm. found it, you know, the more organized you are, the better off it is. Um, yeah, I guess at least. And t- trust me, there's still days I make I'm making this up as I go a lot of the times, you know, but yeah. like, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's fun. Being busy is fun. Being it's a blessing. But, you know, it's just gotta keep on keep on with the grind what um speaking of the grind i was just thinking to myself like when you played with Corey waller this year there was one show um i remember like so ragbri had come through fort dodge mm-hmm. and um jesse and i and uh the rascals jesse and the rascals uh, mm-hmm. were playing a show at sneakers and of course sneakers was packed everywhere it was packed it was ragbri but you guys were on the downtown one of the downtown stages and yep. I recall like pulling into town and it's like, oh, it's real busy over there. And so I drive over to sneakers and I get out of my car and you guys are playing 
you know, the downtown show. And I was like, oh, these guys are playing to a lot of people. And then I saw pictures <laughs> of it. I was like, oh, there's a, a like a lot, a lot of people out here. So yeah. that seemed like a pretty big show. Is that one of the biggest shows you played this year? Uh, actually, to be real honest with you, like if you if you drove by us or you drove by, we played um, probably like right as the people were getting into town. We were on the other end of the strip. So like there there wasn't a ton of people where we were at that at that point in time. I mean, they're you know, they're all off in the distance getting getting beer, getting refueled and and uh, partying. Um, that's actually the biggest show that we done this summer, which it was right in the same area. But it was a downtown country jam. Oh, maybe that was the picture I saw then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that's the one. Um yeah, the, the, the Ride Bride, they had like three different stages and um, we played we played first in the afternoon and then they had Salty View on the big stage and Lone Tree Revival down at the other end of the strip. But, oh, cool. Uh, but yeah, downtown country jam, dude. So that's, I mean, that was a gig for the books. Um, I don't know how many people were there and I'm not even going to throw out the number, but um, there was just, let's just say there was a lot of people. And what I loved about it was that they there was a lot of people and they were there for our set. Like we played a, I think we played an hour long set and we had like, cause I've, I've done a lot of those opening gigs before where, you know, okay, you're the first band on the ticket, you know, the local opening band. And, um, you know, people, you start at six and the main guy goes on at eight 30. Well, people start rolling in at seven 45 and you're like playing at no one, mm-hmm. but downtown country jam was insane. And, my hat's off to Jim Reed in Fort Dodge. Shout out to him. Like he put a lot of event, um, he treated us like so good, and we were just so thankful for that show because um, it was some of the most fun that I've ever had. Um, you know, it was just the we were we were kind of we were kind of on our game that night, playing real well, and the crowd was into it, and couldn't have had more fun. So <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Was it that was uh. Was that the show in Manson that I'm thinking of, or is that the Fort Dodge show? That's Fort Dodge, Downtown Country Jam. Um, we did uh, uh, Crash My Crater, too, over in Manson. Yeah, that was another pretty big show. Yeah, yeah, we op- that one was, uh, or the one in Fort Dodge opened up for Randy Hauser, and then the one in Manson we did, which, I mean, I'm not, I don't know him very well, but it was Nico Moon and Jameson Rogers, who were, I think they're pretty hot on some of the country charts now, but so that was a, that was a really good show. Um, once again, just thankful for, for, uh, for those opportunities. And I mean, we had several, several of those this year and never thought we'd be doing that. So, yeah, it's pretty wild. You know, like you, uh, Jay Clyde kind of shuts down and then you kind of pull up Corey Waller and the Wicked Things, and it's just like, how long is it going to take to ramp this all the way back up to full speed? And it seemed like it didn't take like within the first year, you guys would say like, all right, you guys want to open up for these guys, you guys want to play this show, and you guys got a lot of really cool bookings out of the whole deal. Oh yeah, well, and and once again, like I give credit where credit is due. I mean, we we were definitely we had built up a rapport, you know, from the J. Clyde years, and I and if we had not done that. If we did not have that, we would, the Wicked Things would have not had the shows that we had. That's know? true. That's very and, true. But now, too, you see, like, um, like I love seeing now, like, Neil Anders, who was one of the other guitar players in Jay Clyde, he's off doing his solo stuff. And Great and Jake, who played drums and bass in Jay Clyde, they're playing with him. And, like, I went and watched them. I watched Neil a couple times this summer, and, and I watched uh, Neil and the full band play, and it's like, you know they're out there killing it and i think he's getting ready to put out a new album sometime this spring so it's you know it's like it was just it was just a beautiful thing where you know everybody's going to get to do more of what they want yeah you know? and uh and we just Corey and i just got lucky that you know with the with the resume of jay clyde on our you know and in, in hand and and uh getting lucky and picking up some awesome awesome people like caleb ferry and Emily Johnson and Etheridge Nets, uh, you know, it was just a perfect storm for, for the summer that we had. Yeah. That's really fun. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. That's really cool. I think it's really kind of fun that, 
you know, when I first started playing guitar, I was like, how do people know like where to play and who, how do people who are booking shows know who to book? And then I started to figure out after I was in the scene for a few years, like, oh, there's some people out there each and every week putting out like some high quality product, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. that's kind of what is the mainstay. Cause you know that like, you know, you're not just going to like book a show and, and try it try and pull like a trick on somebody or ruse them with like started a new band. We're awesome. Then you get booked and it's like, well, we've only had two practices and we're kind of just guessing our way through this, you know, like, you know, you're not going to pull any, you know, and it's not saying there's people out there doing that, but I actually have like, you know, in some shows I've played at, you know, you play a few hundred shows in a couple of years and it's just like, Oh yeah, there's some places out there you play shows with people and it's like, Oh yeah. Especially after COVID, like, um, I did play with some bands that were just like, we haven't practiced in like a year and a half, so we'll just see what happens. And it's like, holy cow. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'd have the guts to do that. And believe it or not, like a lot of them have pulled it off really well, but still kind of wild. Um, I won't lie to you, too. Like, I mean, I had to get those first, uh, those first few gigs, you know, and granted, we went down to like a three hour set, but like it took me a little bit to get in road shape as well. Cause I mean, we in 2020 with the whole COVID bullshit, um, excuse my language, but, uh, that's cool. Uh, like it just, I mean, you know, that killed most everything for all of us musically. It's like, I mean, we had a full year there of hardly playing at all. And it's like, it was, it was tough to get kind of back in the swing of things, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, Oh yeah, this is what it feels like to drive home at 2 AM, you know, which is, which is kind of wild. I was like thinking that when I played new year's Eve recently, I was just like, man, Driving home mm-hmm. late. This stinks. And then it was New Year's Eve, and it was kind of junky weather and roads anyways. They weren't terrible, but it was still just like, Bleh. Oh, yeah. No, it's... That stuff's for the birds, but it's all part It's all part of it. It's the whole package. That is true. That is very true. Oh, man. Um, so, do you guys have any, like, huge plans for Corey Waller and the Wicked Things coming up in 2020, or is it just uh, pedal to the metal, same as usual? Like Well... So we've got a few we've got a few shows on the books already for next summer. And so, I mean, one is trying to make sure that we have a like my joke is after this last summer, it's like, you know, what what are we going to do now? Like go play somebody's bar mitzvah next summer. Like, you know, it's just <laughs> it's like what what gigs are we going to get now after we had that summer? But, you know, the, the the goal is to start putting out some more um, content, some more material and and uh you know, try to get, try to get some more gigs on the books. Um, we, Corey, the other day, he just sent me a rough draft of another tune that he wrote. Um, one thing that we haven't done, he's, he's got several originals ready to go. Like we, we probably got enough for a full, a full length album, but, uh, once again, the time it's been, you know, we, we spent most of our time up front practicing, getting ready for the summer shows. And then, once you start playing hard in the summer, it's it's so hard to get together and record an album. Um, so this this winter, that's going to be one of our main focuses, and and then hopefully putting out um, our own uh, with the Wicked Things album next uh, next spring sometime. Hopefully. Oh, that's cool. Don't hold me to it, but yeah. that's that's hopefully what'll happen. That's the general plan. So that's really awesome. Like that's kind of what I was hoping you'd lean into is saying you're going to have some original stuff possibly coming out later. So, um, well, and he's, like I say, he's got, he's got several, I mean, we got one tune that's sitting at the recording studio right now, ready to mix and put out. But, um, you know, at this point we just want to, we're just probably going to wait and put the whole thing out. We've been playing a lot of his tunes, um, live all summer. Now it's just like, you know, we've got one tune out on iTunes and it's like, all right, we got to get, we got to get the material out there. Like, all right, you know, we had our, we had our freshman year. Now it's time to like, now it's time to grow and put something, put something to our name. So now, uh, this is going to be a fun one. So as the music landscape has changed over the years, you thinking you're just going to put out some singles that way you have fresh material coming out every month or so, or two months, or are you guys thinking you're going to make a whole album? I don't know, man. That's, well, I, and I don't want to speak for him, but I think if you talk to Corey right now, like I, he's an album guy. Yep. And and I'm an album guy too. Like, granted, like when I when I some of my favorite bands put out a single or whatever, like yeah, that's great. But there's even if it's digital, like I love getting to like listen to a full length album, 
and and this is more for the musicians than than the general public like you listen to a full album and then like you you start to feel like all right this is where their headspace was with this album or this is like you know not only do the individual songs say something but like you know there's an overarching theme or mm-hmm. or, or a storyline within the song so you know Corey's an album guy i'm an album guy but most likely since we're playing in this country world a little bit like you know we'll, we'll get a full album recorded then we'll probably put out a couple singles and and then eventually release the whole thing but uh, nice nice um, i would i would i'd be willing to bet that's the way it happens yeah for anybody that's listening that is is wondering what you know like oh Corey's a good you know songwriter etc go check out some of that jay clyde stuff from back in the day there's a little bit of a testament to some of that you guys have some original songs out in that space and i mean i, I saw you guys live a few times and i mean it's it's amazing like what you guys were all able to do so i'm like excited to see you know what you and Corey and the rest of the wicked things are going to be able to do you know coming up um in For the next sure. i mean in the next year because I, I don't know. Like I said, when I first started playing in the music scene around here and go to jam nights and kind of getting to know people, and even like the first time you came over and did a podcast, like two plus years ago, was like the first time I ever met you, like face to face, really. And, you know, I, like I said, I went to some J. Clyde shows and I was just like, holy cow, these guys are some of the powerhouses out there. And, and I, it's like you said, it's really kind of fun to see what everyone got to do after that all ended because it's not like people were just like, I'm done playing music. You know, you guys all went out and are still doing things, which is really, really cool to see. So, oh, for sure. You know, and it's no, me go for it. Oh, sorry, man. No, that's cool. No, me, me too, man. Like, and I'm just, I'm pumped for like, I feel like over this summer, there, like, and there's, we had this, it was almost a sad conversation because we haven't have another tune that I had recorded a whole bunch of guitar for. And it's sitting in the queue right now. Um, and we've let it set for almost eight months. Well, some of the stuff that Corey's starting to write right now, and just like the sound that we kind of developed over the summer, that tune that we were, that I did a bunch of work for and recorded guitar for, and it's sitting there ready to go, doesn't sound like what we as a band have like evolved into. Oh, the, man. You know what I mean? And so, like, there's a good chance that that thing's probably going to get scrapped, right? Which, but, on one hand, one hand, I'm sad about that. But on the other hand, it's like, now we've got kind of like this sound. So I can't wait to, like, I can't wait to put that, you, you know, put that down and, and put that and record it and be able to listen back to it. You know, hopefully that comes across, but so, we'll see what happens. So my thought process for this is, like, if you end up, with a song like that that you don't know what to do with um, that might not sound like the rest of them, put it out as a, like a, a B-side or a demo with a single. So like if you end up recording an album worth of stuff and have one single mm-hmm. and maybe record a music video with it or something, like promote mm-hmm. all that stuff, but then when you put it out on Spotify and everything, like don't even tell anyone and just like slap that B-side in there with it and people are going to be like, what is this? And they're going to be yeah. like, this is so cool. You know, it's like a surprise for everyone that actually went out of their way to go look for it. Yeah. You never know. Like I, I was heart. I was like, I will admit, like I was heartbroken when he said, like Corey's like, I don't know. We might, we probably should move on from that tune. And I'm like, ah, oh, dude, like poured my heart and soul into that tune. Like, but then, uh, then like I, the more I think about it, I'm just like, you know, this isn't necessarily the band, but I like your idea. Like there, it'd be just one of those fun things to like, all right, here's, here's the extra, you know, mm-hmm. like, here's our product. But, here's this extra thing, you know, that somebody else might, you know, enjoy. So yeah, we'll uh, see. I mean, you could do the old school, like hidden track on the last song for anybody that buys the physical copy. You mm-hmm. know, they, the last song was always like 12 minutes long. And then like the last bit of it was a song that they didn't know was actually in there. So that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Just kick it, try. Yeah. Kick it, try that. kick it old school. I mean, I, I loved that with CDs where you're just like, there's 13 songs and the last one's like 22 minutes for some reason. And it's only actually like a three minute song. And after all the silence, you get like a little bonus thingy. So, yep. I mean, that, yep. was, that was a little trick they always used, but yeah, promoting music nowadays is kind of weird. Cause you, there's no rules and you can kind of mix what was popular back in the day with what was, what's popular now. So like the singles was popular. And that's why I think like, you know, Back in the day, singles were popular, and the B-side was always like, 
here's a cover we did or something like goofy, you know, and it was just like, oh, the B-side's kind of a crazy one, you know, and so you could, yeah. like, that's where I'm kind of into nowadays where I've seen some artists do that where they're like, they have a single ready to go and then they'll just tack like two other like projects they've been working on underneath of it that they're not going to finish because it doesn't fit the album, you know? Yep. Yep. Well, and it's, what's really <laughs> So I would say that if you if you like kind of compared Corey Waller and the Wicked Things to another band, like not a band per se, but we're we're kind of like we're really into like a lot of those like Texas country, Texas music scene. Um, Hayes Carl, um, Ray Wiley Hubbard, uh, uh, Whiskey Myers, um, you know, so we're like we're like really into that realm, which, you know, in the subset of the genre that is country music, like, you know, that's a little bit smaller subsect, but like, you know, how you produce that album and, and how you market that album versus like, you know, if you're going for like more of the top 40 sound and, and, and how you produce that album, how you market it, like it's, it's, it's different, or at least I see it's different from, you know, artist to artist, how they, how they work. So it's, I don't know. It's strange. Like we go back and forth all the time. Like, well, what do we, what do we actually do here? Like, how do we, how do we want to do this? Well, at the end of the day, it's like <laughs> one, a lot of it just comes down to what do we have time for? Um, two, it's like, all right, some, at some point we just need to get something out there. So like, let's get it going, you know, and, and get it done. So yeah. I don't know. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That's kind of the kind of the marching orders that we run with. So yeah, I mean that kind of comes back to like the old uh, thing that I'm starting to realize a lot of people have issues with is like, do I play a hundred shows a year or do I record something? You know, and it's like I've got forty songs that I should record in some fashion or another, but like I play like a zillion shows a year, so there's no time to sit down and you know. So it's you always got to find that weird balance in there because I mean. I think of people like like Clint Riedel, um, not too long ago, like got his book of songs like all together and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, there's like a hundred plus pages here of songs you've written. He's like, yeah, I know. And it's like, you have like 12 songs recorded. And he's like, yeah, I know. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But yeah. well, it's, it's tough. And I can totally see it. Like, like him. Yeah. He's playing all the time and you know, it's just one. And then it's, it's something we face too. It's like, it's like, if you if you want to do it right it all everything costs money mm -hmm. so like you know we're all playing as a band and it's like okay so hopefully we make a couple hundred bucks tonight well you know shoot there's some days that's going to my bills like to pay like so it's like well when it comes time to record the album oh we need like five thousand dollars for merch and cds and all this stuff and it's, well shit maybe we should go play some more shows well then we put off doing the album it's just a yeah. It's just an endless, it's an endless cycle, you know? Yeah. And, and at some point you just got to put your foot down and be like, this is what we're doing right now. Like, yep. damn it, let's make it happen. <laughs> oh gosh. That is, and that's the truth though. It's, it's, I mean, this, it's, it's crazy cause this is all like nothing more than like a ridiculously out of control hobby for most of us. You know, like this is, mm -hmm. this is, if we didn't have to, if you didn't have to work 40 hours a week or in your case, probably like 60 to 80 hours a week to get, to get by and, and do what you want to do, like what, what would you do? And it's like a lot of us would probably just play music, you know, and, or have yeah. something to do in this scene somehow. So it is kind of yeah. wild to think that you just got to find a way to balance it all out and it doesn't necessarily balance itself out as well as you'd think, you know, cause like this year I was sitting down thinking, I was like, man, I played and I actually counted it. What was the total? I can't remember. 75 shows this year or something I played. And yeah, that's getting it, man. That's, that's getting it. It's a lot of shows. And I'm like, man, I made some money this year. And then it's like, no, I drove a zillion miles. And then I think about like how much gas money is. And I'm like, Oh, and then pretty I soon your transmission is going to fall out. Like, you know, like. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't know if I came out ahead. Like, I feel like I did, but, I don't know. So like, yeah, there's, it's totally just like an out of control hobby where you have to find that weird balance of like, what, what do we want to get out of this? And when do we want to get out of this? You know? And I'm, I'm sure you got, you guys are smart. You guys have done it before. And so you'll figure it out. Like eventually you'll just be like, well, this album needs to, to get, get done. And that's when I think all the good stuff's going to end up happening when you put it in that gear. So I'm excited, sure. man. I'm really excited for that. Um, Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for it too. Like, this is just a good group of good group of people that 
I've been lucky, lucky to get to play with. And, you know, who knows where it's going to go. I just, you know, you find that you ask that philosophical question. It's like, what are we looking to get out of this? And, and I, you know, there's, there's like a lot of times I struggle with it because, you know, I, my boys are going to get older someday and I want to be more involved with them. And, you know, what we do is selfish. Yeah. If you really want to look at it when it comes to like your family, if you have a family or, you know, your loved ones, like what we do is, is actually pretty selfish if you think about it. But like, yeah. Um, Sorry, hon, I can't. I got to play a show New Year's Eve. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm playing Christmas Eve. Sorry, no opening, you know, like. Exactly. Yep. I can't go to the in laws this year for Thanksgiving because I'm playing a show Thanksgiving Eve, you know. Yeah. And I think that's, I guess for me anymore, it's like my criteria for, you know, wanting to go play a show or being out. It's like, you know, I, what, what I've been saying is it's like, it's got to be worth it, you know, whether that's, whether that's financially, whether that's, um, what's the right word, you know, is this, is this show going to be good for my soul? Am I going to be musically inspired by this to, to go do this? You know, if it, if it fits one of those two things, then I'll go do it. But if it doesn't fit either one of those, then, you know, it's, it's no offense to anybody who, you know, whether they ask me to fill in or, you know, there's another project getting started. I'm just not going to be a part of it unless I know that like, I'm going to get one of those two things. You yeah. Know what I mean, I mean, that makes yeah. sense though. You got, there's, Plus, like, I feel like you're some, one of those people that's good enough where, like, if you took every gig everywhere every time that anybody asked you to do, it's like you'd be in 40 bands playing 200 shows a year, you know, and it's like... Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I do a fair amount of that. It's like just the other day I picked up this, uh, you know, um, I picked up this show with... Uh, there's some guy from Kansas City that's coming up to... He's doing a show in Denison, and then he's doing a show over in Cedar Falls, uh like you know a country guy from down there and and he got my name through the grapevine and and asked me if i could fill in and it's like you know the pay was pretty darn good and it's like well shoot i can't turn this down you know but but uh then i'm like well there's a family christmas that we were supposed to have that day and it's like oh crap i'm gonna have to leave that early but you know i'm also gonna make a decent amount of money it's like yeah, no, yeah. I'm gonna go do the show. All right, I'll yeah. see you later. You know, <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's a struggle. It it is. It's honestly crazy. And I mean, like, I think the craziest thing to me, um, we we're talking about like you know getting excited out there in the music scene and doing things that are worth it that you really actually want to do. And uh, you kind of fired up a blues band again, which is you know something I always figured you know. That was a beautiful segue. Yeah, uh, well, you know, beautiful segue. <laughs> Love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting good at this. Give me three years, I'll get good at anything. Um, so, but yeah, you know, like honestly, we we're talking about getting excited. That was like one of the things I was excited for in the music scene. Like uh, I'd seen you at some jam nights. I've gotten to play with you at a few jam nights, and I, I primarily play like bluesy-ish songs, and it's just like. Uh, Ronley were playing this a minor. And then it's just like, Ronley goes to town, you know, <laughs> like, and, and so I'm like, yeah, Ronley, I, f I feel like you're a blues guy, but you're also like a chicken picker. So you got this country twang kind of yeah. thing going on too. That, uh, blows my mind. And, uh, so you did recently start a blues band. Um, and I think that was one of the things that I was just like, this is going to be cool. Cause I knew Owen was going to play along with you. And I was just like, it's going to be wild to see Owen play in blues music because I feel like Owen just wants to go absolutely nuts all the time, you know? Plus yeah. you actually, you had some other cool people in the band that were, it was my first time seeing them, I believe. Cause I don't ever think I saw Saucy uh, Jack play. Yeah. You're talking about Andy Shelley. Yeah. I like, and that's one of those things where I can't guarantee that I didn't, but I'm not sure I did ever go see Saucy Jack play. So, well, to be honest with you, in all the years that they played, I think I caught them twice. And one was like they opened up at Celebration once. And then then I seen them. I can't remember what small bar I seen them play in. But yeah, I only I only actually seen them play twice uh, in all the years that they played. But, you know, a lot of that is because we were busy, too, at the same time. But um, but yeah, they were they were a force to be reckoned with, man. Like, yeah. Uh, holy crap. Like if you wanted some eighties hair metal, like, you know, rock and roll, that was the band. Like, <laughs> all right. I'd, I'd put them up against 
anybody, you know. So here's what I want to run down is uh, first and foremost the the new formation of this blues band because this isn't the first time you've you've tried this. Um, you you have yeah. you have played some shows with Sean Minicus in the past, and I've seen Sean play before, and he's good too. So it's like one of those things where. I don't know if I missed those shows or I wasn't attentive enough on the scene to figure out what was going on, but I missed those shows and I'm, I'm bummed I missed them, but you got a new band together and I kind of wanted to have you go through cause it's, it's, it's you and three other people. So I want to want to see what your thoughts were yep. on, on picking the members that you did for the band. Cause it's kind of a wide variety of, of other people. When you think blues band, I'm not sure I would think any of them individually, but somehow well, it yeah. perfectly works. Oh no, I can, and I can totally speak to that. In, in just a second but i mean yeah as far as far as kind of the timeline there and the evolution um like so my brother-in-law sean minicus um you know we we played together off and on for quite a while and he was in j clyde too for there towards the end um and he's 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 a killer blues guitar player like now he plays with uh, uh predominantly with um lone tree revival mm-hmm. is, is the band but so we, you know, and what, what we done, it was totally off the cuff. Like, you know, him and I were having a few beers one night. We're like, and we're like, hey, let's do a blues band. Like, you know, let's just let's just do it. So we did. And so we, we booked a few shows, played a few times. And then we probably would have still been doing it. But then COVID happened and just ruined everything. Um, so that kind of ended. And as, as his life has progressed, he's gotten busier and busier and, and, and just like anyone else. So, um, and I guess my, where, where this, where this kind of evolved from is earlier this summer, I got to fill in for a blues, a blues band. Like, you know, I get, I get calls to do a lot of country gigs just because that's what people know me for. Um, very rarely do I get a call to fill in for a blues band. And I, I got one, um, from, uh, uh, Amanda Fish, which if that's her sister is Samantha Fish, who is massive in the blues world and, and Amanda's amazing in her own right. And, and she's kicking and scratching up to the top. So, um, but, uh, I got lucky enough to do a show with her. Right. And it was so much fun. Like <laughs> it was so much fun. Like, you know, I got to, I think I think I talked about this a lot on the last podcast was like, you know, there's a difference between like Corey Waller and the Wicked Things. We're pretty we're pretty regimented, right? Like we've got a set. We've got we know when the cues are. We know how long the solo is going to be like every song with with what I was what I got to do with Amanda is like, you know, she had a lot of her original music and some covers. It's like. And God bless her, because in that show, she doesn't know who I was from Adam, but we showed up, we played, and, you know, I felt like I gave her a pretty professional performance, but she, like, allowed me to open up and do things that I haven't gotten to do in years. Mm-hmm. So it's like, after that, I'm like, I gotta do more of this. Like, I don't I don't care how busy I am, you know, like, Corey Waller and Wicked Things is my main band, but, like... I got to do more of this. So, you know, then usher in, usher in this new generation of, uh, of the Ron Kane blues band is, which that's what we're calling it. Mm-hmm. First and is the Ron Kane blues band. Like, I mean, we play some other stuff that's not blues and, and by no means are we like, am I, you know, self-absorbed enough to think like, you know, I'm, like I'm an I'm an official blues guy by any stretch. You're but so conceited. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just like one day we just called it the Ronnie King Blues Band. I'm like, all right, that's what it is. So <laughs> I uh, when I started to look look into, okay, I want to do this. One, I've I've played I've played a ton with another guitar player, but I have not got to play with many key players. Yeah, like keys. And that's something that I have wanted to do for a long time. So that's how Gabrielle Alves came into play, which if anybody has never heard of Gabrielle Alves, he's one of the best kept secrets in Fort Dodge, Iowa. And I was lucky enough, you know, for that first show and hopefully the subsequent shows get him to come out and play with us. Um, Amazing keys player. Um, So that's how he can confirm 
insanity. Like, dude, wasn't it nuts? Like the when we were playing at that when I was playing at that gig, like there was so many times like I just stood back and I'm just like listening to this and listening to him just go off. I'm like, I can't believe I'm here right now. You yep. know? <laughs> yeah, I put him in the category of one of those people that like you can stuff musical phrases in places they shouldn't be and it sounds good for some reason. Like that's oh, yeah. how that's how good he is. Yeah, it's it's unreal. I mean, and he's he's a pro in every sense of the word. Not many people probably know his background, but I mean, he played on cruise ships for a lot of years. You know, uh, uh, grab and go performances, like people coming in and backing up stars from all over the place. Like, um, so he's he's just a uh, and he's just a killer killer human being as well. Um, so. That was that. That was how Gabrielle kind of, for obvious reasons, Owen. You know, we've talked about him. I mean, he's just a killer, killer bass player, and he's only going to continue to get better. Um, and then Andy. You know, what's funny about Andy is, is we, uh, the so Sean and I did our blues band thing for a few shows uh, a couple years back, but then we also did a jam at River Hops a few times, mm-hmm. and so we were getting in. We were we were trying to you know Sean and I were kind of the the permanent fixtures in that, but then we were bringing in uh, players you know off and on to try to fill in and other guitar you know a few other guitar players and drummers. But we got Andy to come play for us and and like I mean I'll be honest the first time when I when we brought him in I'm like I know he's good but like is he gonna be able to like be in the pocket you know is he gonna be able to swing like you know he can he can beat the hell out of a drum on like you know, a Motley Crue tune, but like, is he going to be able to do all that? Well, he showed up and it's like, we start playing all these funk tunes and like shuffles and, and the dude is just like solid as they come. And I'm like, all right, man, like you need to do this. And, and, you know, throughout, throughout many conversations that we had, he's like, yeah, I'd love to do more of this stuff. Like I just never got to, uh, you know, obviously I've been playing for 13 years in one of the best rock and roll bands in, in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Like, but we don't get, I don't get to play like funk or I don't get to play blues or whatever. So, um, so I'm like, come aboard, man. And that's, that's where we're at now. You know, we got the, got the little lineup doing and I, and I'm sure like, you know, Gabrielle's schedule is, is pretty hectic as well. Um, uh, so th- there'll be a lot of times if we book some more shows, we'll probably end up doing some trio gigs, uh, most likely, but, uh, you know, we're going to try to keep that four piece going as much as we can just cause it's, just because it's fun, you know. Yeah, it's emotion emotionally gratifying, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to get to see you guys all play together live. Uh, every one of you guys are killers in your own right. So that was like something fun. It was like, man, this is like a super group out here playing blues music, and blues is some of my favorite music. So. Um, uh, we're. I wouldn't say like a super group in blues. Like, like. I wish uh, one of my biggest. Um, what do you want to call them? Uh, insecurities is like like i'm not a when it comes to blues i don't feel like you know you got a guy like uh you know we mentioned matt woods earlier like that dude is authentic in every sense of the word and i'm like here i am like i've got my licks you know and it's like i'm gonna play yeah i like that music too so i'm gonna play it you know so i got <laughs> i gotta pay my dues. but uh, uh so, uh, so, but I'm just, for, at the end of the day, it's all about having fun and that's what we're going to do. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys are all, it was really fun to go to that show too. Cause I showed up early. I'm like, better show up early, you know? And so I show up and, uh, it was about 10 minutes too. And I had to park down the street and around the corner cause it was so full and I was just like, neat so i was just like i'll just wait until the show starts and it's like well it's not going to get any emptier i better go in so i think i walked in during your second song and i was like walking by the window and i'm like there's one seat next to somebody i know and i just like walked in and ducked all the way into the back corner because there's, <laughs> there's nowhere else to sit the place was packed there were people standing in there and stuff so it was pretty oh, fun. i couldn't believe it too dude you, you don't know how like when you put your name on something and then you're like is anybody gonna show up yeah yeah, like I get it, <laughs> and like just to have just you know, and, and my family and some friends and stuff that came to watch, like you know, I'm so appreciative of that. But like, you know, I was I wasn't so nervous about the music. I wasn't nervous about us playing. But like, I was like, is anybody even gonna come tonight? And 
and then we got lucky and had a pretty good crowd that night so it was yeah it was fun that was tons of fun so i'm looking forward to you guys playing some more shows uh in 2022 uh we'll be at the um the next one we're actually going to be you know and i don't like i don't like playing too much in the same spot but um we're going to be back at um the boardroom lounge. Okay. The Eagle Eagles Landing, uh, Tim Maples establishment there mm-hmm. uh, on the fifteenth of January. Is, so is that the second floor or the third floor? I believe it's the third floor. The third correct? floor. Yeah, third I, floor. That's where it's got the big ballroom and yep. and the stage. And everything. Yep. So. Yep. All right. Yeah, because I do remember shows happening on the second floor back in the day though too. So and they've gone through so many name changes and stuff, but. That's the yeah. toughest toughest thing to remember is which floor you're playing on when you go in there. Cause, I don't know. Like I said, I saw so many shows on the second floor before I ever saw any on the third floor. Yep. But dude, yeah. that's a and that's a place to watch too. Like Tim's Tim's Tim Maple, the guy who runs it and owns it now. Um, like he's uh, he's he's killing it. I think you guys are actually playing there. Um, I don't know if Jesse's doing it doing it solo or or full band, but you're mm-hmm. playing there. Like right after the first of the year here at some point but uh yeah maybe yeah i believe so uh oh yeah my calendar's yeah but, i won't pull it up but yeah <laughs> at any rate i'm just like i'm excited to have like you know in the list of good venues that that is in fort dodge like here's gonna be another awesome one you know so yeah that um, place is gonna find a nice spot for itself because i mean there's all sorts of shows there rock heavy metal you know punk yeah. i've seen it all there so it's gonna Definitely. be fun so yeah, the blues band will be back there on the fifteenth, and then we got several other in- inquiries. Like for me, that's going to be like a, maybe a once or twice a month thing. You know, we're you know everybody else is busy, and like Andy's getting ready to go out and do shows with Scott Kirkhart and stuff. And yep, um, you know, uh, Gabrielle's got a lot of. He's the music director for a church, so um, he's busy a lot. So. We're just going to try to keep that as a fun thing that we do off and on from time to time and, and just kind of recharge and see where it goes. So. Yeah. Well, that's really cool, man. Uh, like I said, Definitely. you got some awesome, fun projects going right now. It's always fun to watch you play. It's always fun to, to get an opportunity to like play with you and things like that. And uh, like I said, recently you've been coming to some jam nights. And uh, one of my favorite things about coming to the jam nights, et cetera, is just you never know who's going to show up and, and you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we all know how busy you are, but and it's just always just like, oh, Ron Lee's here, you know. It's like that's crazy, you know. So, uh, <laughs> well, dude, any I wish I could, if I could get away for every one of those, it'd be awesome. Um, like, but there's just like you know, there's those few nights that I came here towards the end of last year is like as a perfect storm. Like either my wife had the kids like somewhere else with her family, or like you know, it, it was like the perfect time. So I'm like, I'm going. You know, I don't care. I'm going. Um, But then there's just so many nights where it's because I know Owen was texting me like, you know, every Tuesday, like, hey, (laughs) you should come tonight. And I'm like, that is awesome. My dude, I got to watch kids, you know, (laughs) it's so hard (laughs) to say no to him, too. (laughs) Yeah, he's the secret weapon, because, I mean, he he texts so many people and they show up literally just because he asks them to. And it's so fun. So, Mm -hmm. oh, God, I love that kid. I I do want to say, though, that. one of the last jam nights you were there, uh, somebody was just like, Hey, I've got a, you like telecasters and I've got a 12 string telecaster. And you were just like, what? <laughs> like, uh-huh. so we brought that bad <laughs> yep. boy over and you got to play that. Uh, and so like, I do want to see what you think of it because that has come out at jam nights a couple times here and there. And I ended up like fixing it up because it didn't work the first time it came to jam night. It like kind of worked and kind of didn't. So I took it home and rewired the whole thing and needed more power. So I rewired it. There's my Tim Allen. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I rewired the thing and, and set it all up and stuff, put new strings on it. And, uh, it eventually made it back into jam night in, in your hands. And I just wanted to see what you thought of like playing a 12 string Telecaster. Cause it's just kind of weird. Oh, that was a trip, dude. Like, you know, you don't see that stuff very often. And cause like some, what were, uh, I finally got the thing tuned up, tuned up when someone was playing, um, simple man. I think yep. somebody was playing it. It was like. You know, and I jumped in halfway through the tune and then came in with that, you know, that uh, that lead lick or whatever that that's on Simple Man. And it's like sounded so weird and trippy on a on a 12. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if you know it, but he Clint, who gave that 
who brought that in, he actually like made me take that home with me that night. Yep. And I'm just like, cause he was just arguing with me. He's like, he's like, no, you need to, you should take this and like play it and stuff. And I'm like, you should have it. I'm just like, all right, Clint, I'll just, uh, I'll keep it safe for you. You know, you just let me know, let me know when you, uh, want it back. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's kind of a neat little guitar though. It's like a kit guitar. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I've seen other ones online out there when I researched them, but I've never seen one like that. So it's kind Can of, you a- hear my dog snoring in the background. No. Tucker, keep it down back there. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's hilarious. I just like, I kept hearing my dog snore. I'm like, like, man, I must be, I must be really boring. <laughs> <laughs> Super entertaining <laughs> podcast. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I mean, it's been fun to see what jam nights. It's like kind of goofy to get, you see, you have like a 12 string electric guitar in your hands, you know? And, uh, uh, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to you putting out some random video on a random night where you're sitting in your basement playing guitar and you're like, check this out guys. And you just bust out some 12 string. Oh yeah. No, I, that'll probably be in the queue at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's no, really that's cool. Fun. That's fun stuff. Like, um, yeah, just add the, add to the collection, have another tool in the toolbox, you know? Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. You never know when that might make it on a song too, you know, properly applied. It would sound really good. So definitely well definitely. I, I feel like we've got a lot of stuff covered here we did about an hour is there anything yeah. that i didn't cover that i should have covered in this episode because uh once again i mean cory waller and the wicked things you guys are gonna go nuts this next year uh you got ron lee king blues band reformed re-energized ready to go again so some more shows coming up there and yep. uh yeah that's- i think that's i mean that's pretty much that's pretty much it as far as what's going on with me musically um you know, here in the, I've got a logo and stuff put together, like for the Ron Lee King blues band page. And, and I'm going to have that live here, maybe even today. Um, oh, cool. and I'm going to try to make that kind of like the hub of like, this is what I'm doing right now. You know, like it might, it might be the Ron Lee King blues band page, but like, it'll be like, all right, the wicked things are playing here and I'm playing with the wicked things here. And then like, you know, I do a bunch of fill-in gigs for a lot of country people throughout the year. And, and I'm actually, you know, as time goes on, that's something that I want to get to doing more of is being just a kind of an on-call guy for, you know, whether it be blues, whether it be country or, you know, rock and roll type stuff. Like, um, that's what I kind of want to build that page out. So I, I guess if there's one more thing I would plug is this that eventually here soon I'll be having that page live and... I uh, try to build that up just to kind of, kind of be my hub of, of uh, everything Ron Kane music, you know. So nice, nice. That'll be really cool. Yeah. So uh, if you end up getting that set up before the episode comes out, let me know, and I'll drop links down below for everybody. And Rock if, on. And if not, uh, just keep an eye out for Ron Lee King postings because they're going to be for coming. Sure. They're going to be coming. So, uh, Ron Lee, don't go away. It's been great to talk to you, though. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yep. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff indeed. You know, Ronley's one of those guys. He's, he's super good. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to just be like, oh, you guys got to go see him to believe it. But, dude, go see him to believe it. It's He's amazing. He's super fun to go watch play. He's a great guy. We can sit down and talk gear and stuff like that. It's also kind of fun to know that some of the people I've interviewed not terribly long ago on the podcast have kind of crossed paths. Uh, I believe Jason Boggs and Ron Lee King actually got together not too long ago. We talked about it a little bit on the Jason Boggs episode didn't quite get to it on this episode but uh, i do know those two guys kind of chum around on the internet and, and and banter back and forth on each other's pages and that's actually something i'm starting to see a lot of is uh some of the people that i'm interviewing are starting to cross paths and realize who each other are and and and, and interact with each other here and there and it's it's so much easier now to interact with other musicians and become friends with them and things like that so that's one of the things i enjoy really seeing out there in the scene so uh hats off to those guys for you know budding a friendship and ron lee you know such a busy guy not only did he start up a band last year but uh he started up another band so uh cory waller and the wicked things great band uh, ron lee king blues band such a fun time to go watch them play live so much fun um so many talented people in one spot in that band uh i mean both bands honestly i mean it's it's it is absolutely wild uh and a lot of people look up to a lot of those you know individuals in both of those bands for for what you know 
who they are as humans and how they perform on stage and things like that. So hats off to every single one of those guys. You know, being this busy and and things like that, you know, I don't know how Ron Lee finds time for it all, but hats off to him too. He's he's out there just crushing it, just having a great time. So, uh, you know, it's that's one of the things I'm starting to realize. I I never really thought I'd be somebody that got so busy I wouldn't have time to do things, but. You know, I'm starting to realize it, and now I'm starting to actually have some empathy for some of these people out there, like Ronley, like I said. And there's so many people out there that are so busy, I don't know how they find time for music, but thankfully they do. So hats off to you, Ronley. I really appreciate it. If you guys are looking for any of the links down below for Ronley, I've got them down there. I definitely have Corey Waller and the Wicked Things links down below. Um, if he creates that blues band uh, page, I will have a link for that down below as well. If not, keep an eye out on his pages uh, for shares for that. Otherwise, that will, you know, I'll have to just bring them back again and we'll have to talk about it again and plug the page. So uh, check out down below for all the links. And uh, even further down below, there are links for Audible Farm stuff. So you can go to audiblefarm.com, find links to all of the social media, things like that. There's also a YouTube channel where there are video clips of the podcast as well as audio versions. There's live videos of some bands that I've captured. There's also some music videos on there. There's some hydro dipped guitar videos and refinishing videos on there and, and just all sorts of goofy stuff you know that i've been kind of partaking in in the last few years so uh head over to the youtube channel check it out thank you guys very much for subscribing if you have if you haven't already uh consider hitting that subscribe button thank you very much appreciate it and uh otherwise there's all sorts of other stuff down there uh to check out there's the audible farm shop you can get t-shirts uh no hoodies yet i'm debating whether or not to make hats this year so we'll see uh, I've, I've got some ideas, but we'll see what I end up coming up with in 2022 for new merch. There's always the classic t-shirts available. Those t-shirts uh, are everywhere. There's some of the softest shirts out there, so check them out. And uh, there's also some other goodies online, so check out all the other goodies at the Audible Farm shop. And uh, thank you guys for listening. It's uh, hopefully going to be a good 2022. Hopefully I've got all the time I need to, to to record some episodes. I'm trying my absolute best to go out and record a few early and talk to some people, so... Uh, hopefully I can get ahead of the curve here before it gets too busy in 2022 and we'll, we'll have a nice, productive, fun year and we'll get to talk to a lot of people. So thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm out of here. Peace. Peace.